Welcome to the Unique Garden Show, hosted by Mike Branning, owner of the Unique Garden Center. Join us each week right here as Mike discusses gardening topics and takes your calls and questions. Our call-in number is 366-8471. Now, here's your host, Mike Branning. Good morning, Mariah. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. That is amazing. Let's start off. If you have any questions, you make sure to go ahead and call 760-366-8471 to get your uh, gardening questions answered. And so, with that, Mike... I'm looking for my notes. (laughs) The, The tablet got turned around... Here we are, and I couldn't find my sheet on the tablet. Oh, sweet. Okay. You found it, though. Yeah, well, we'll start off. Today's going to be a day on pruning because we're officially in the pruning time of the year. Sweet. So uh, people that have been wanting to prune, whether it be their fruit trees, shade trees, um, with the recent cold snap that we had, mm-hmm. that definitely made all the trees go into their dormant period. And what that means is when a tree goes dormant, even if they aren't, if they don't lose their leaves and they stay green year-round, they're still going through a dormant time of the year, mm-hmm. which means that the sap flow slows down. Hmm. So they're basically hibernating for the winter, yeah. more or less. And by doing that, if you cut the tree this time of the year, uh, they will not bleed or bleed substantially less. Hmm. And because when you prune a tree, and some trees are more of a bleeder than others, as an example, if you were to prune a pine or a mesquite or a mulberry during the active growing time of the year, then they're bleeders and they just will drip all this sap out of the cut. And, uh, and whereas you prune them this time of the year, then you can prune them, and if they bleed at all, it's very minimal. Hmm. And for the most part, they don't even bleed at all. And that way, the cut will have a chance to heal before the tree becomes active again in the springtime. So between now and the next figure two months, but basically, I always kind of look at it from Christmas to the middle of February is your pruning time of the year. And that can sometimes get shortened if we have a really mild winter and spring begins early. But for the most part, you have until between now and the middle of February and uh, at least between now and the beginning of February for sure. And so now is a great time to prune whatever you need to be pruning. And with that, there's a nursery term uh, called pollarding. (laughs) Okay. And uh, that sounds fancy. Yeah. And I guess it is, but all that is is a fancy word for butchering. Oh, okay. So <laughs> if you talk to a, a tree person or a landscaper and they go, who pollarded your tree? And uh, you may take it like they did a really good job on the tree. Ooh. But all they're really saying is, who butchered your tree? Ooh. And sadly, <laughs> there are more tree butchers than there are tree pruners. Mm. Uh you know whether it's here or in, when I'm traveling, when I'm on the road buying plant material, and I see trees being pruned or been pruned, and um, and they just get butchered big time. And even people that profess to be a tree pruner, or they put it in their in their 
list of things that they do. You know, they do landscaping and irrigation, tree pruning. Um, it's always a good idea to ask them, you know, well, what jobs have you done recently? And before you make a decision, go take a look at them. Mm. Because uh, sadly, the majority of people just don't know how to prune very well. Mm. And they go in there, and as an example, you know, one of the worst pruned trees in the Morongo Basin are mulberries. Oh. And when you prune a mulberry or any tree, uh, you want to go through and, as an example, I can go through, say, a 20-foot mulberry, and I can have a third of the tree laying on the ground, and yet when I'm done, the tree is still... 20 by 20, even though I've got a third of the wood on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when you go out there and you see, uh, as an example, a couple of years ago, we did a mulberry for a customer, or two mulberries, and uh, I was in those two trees for an entire day, but I was Whoa. pruning the tree. Wow. And the neighbor across the street had somebody coming out and do her mulberries, uh-huh. and they were doing... <laughs> three trees wow and they were done and gone by noon cut loaded and hauled away by noon but yet when the trees were all done the trees that we did were still 20 by 20 and the trees across the street you had the trunk and you had the main limb coming off the trunk and then they got chopped off and so they virtually eliminated the tree and what happens is when you prune a mulberry like that or, or any tree, by taking out uh, the framework of the tree or by taking out the leader of the tree, then in the springtime, when that tree goes to regrow again, it's trying desperately to redevelop a new leader. And so where that cut is, instead of getting you know one branch coming off to become the new leader, the tree kind of goes ballistic and it'll put out anywhere from six to a dozen or more shoots all trying to take over and become the leader of that branch right there that got eliminated. (coughs) Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And so by doing so, you have to redevelop and retrain the tree from from scratch. And then other trees that are uh, pruned, not as bad as that but what they'll do is they'll take a tree to say again 20 by 20 and they'll take the whole thing down by maybe five feet or 10 feet and they still do the very same thing they just leave more of the tree framework off the trunk but they still chop it off at the top of the head and so whenever you make a blunt cut like that it doesn't matter whether it's a six inch limb or a two-inch limb, if you cut it off and nub it off like that, it's going to put out a ton of new growth. And so what you have to do is you have to, when that happens, you have to look at the new growth that's going to represent the tree's future framework the best and then cut all the other ones off. And uh, if you leave them all on, like a lot of people do, because they don't know how to prune trees, that's why they hired someone to prune their tree. Mm -hmm. And so Mm. when they come back out in the springtime, you've got all this growth coming off, 
And then by summertime, you've got all these limbs coming off of one cut and they're competing with one another. And then you develop what they call crotches, which is where a stem will share the same connection point. And then if that one limb becomes big enough, <clears throat> then it can split because they're sharing that same crotch, which is a weak spot in the tree. And so it could take, you know, two or three years to redevelop a tree just to get it back to what it was before oh. you, you know, hired this tree trimmer to come out and do it. Mm -hmm. So it's always a good idea to, you know, ask them, you know, whether they had a couple trees done. Yes. And look at them and if they look butchered then make another decision i know a few years ago there's a man who did tree trimming in town called uh, db tree service and he did a very good job trimming trees hmm. and um and then a lot of times i would refer jobs to dennis because either i was busy yeah or you know he had a a boom truck and everything mm. and so the larger trees he could get up in easier than I could. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would just refer the job to him because I knew that he would do the customer right. Yeah. And then he retired a few years ago. Ah. And then uh, uh, there's a, a new company that came in town. I'm not gonna mention any names. Um, and they were doing some trees on some apartments just north of Sage Avenue. Uh huh. And uh, I thought, okay. And they had all the right equipment. They had the boom truck, and they had the chipper, and they had everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, okay, well, I'll come back in a couple weeks and see how good a job they did because they were pruning the mulberries. And I went back in about a week, and they all got cut down to the nubs. Oh. And I'm just, and I see that all the time. I'll see mm -hmm. tree companies down in, in the city where they're pruning trees, you know, in whether it be along the side of the road or you know even in larger landscapes and they do it the very same way they get in there and they just butcher them and uh you know and pruning to a degree is an art mm -hmm. as far as having the eye where to make the cut but it's, it's more just knowledge yeah and knowing how to prune the tree and it's just amazing how many people that are out there pruning trees yeah. just don't know how to prune trees. I know. And I know sometimes you'll see, you have a neighbor, like old man Bob down the street. He's always working in his yard. And he'll go out there and he'll prune his trees and he'll hack them back to the bare nubs. And then, you know, one may think, well, he's always working in his yard, so he must know, be know, know what he's doing. And that must be the way you trim trees because old man Bob does it that way. Mm -hmm. And so they'll end up doing their own trees that way. And uh, so all I can really say is, you know, you want the tree to be open and thinned out. Mm -hmm. But basically what you want is you want the tree to look the same when you're done. It's like going in and getting a haircut. And you only get a haircut and <laughs> you come out of there, you know, with you know a butch and your hair's all chopped off to yeah. the scalp yeah yeah and you went in for a trim a trim yeah you know uh, and that's basically the same thing yeah, yeah. is uh, instead of you know if you go to the barber or the hair salon and you want your hair you know thinned or the dead ends cut off or whatever and you come out of there butchered then you didn't get the job you wanted no 
Yeah. That's the same thing if you, when you go to prune your tree. If you come out of there and you want your tree pruned and it gets butchered, it's like, and you're paying someone to do this. <clears throat> and so definitely uh, it, it pays to look at the work before you go with someone to prune trees yeah, because wow. uh, there aren't very many oh. tree pruners out there. Well, you know what? I have a question then. Um, and, and before I get to the question, I'll just remind everyone this uh, one time. If you have a question as well, you can call 760-366-8471. Okay, so at my other job, um, we have a cactus. I don't know which cactus it is, so maybe I can ask you this question next week if that like matters. But uh, there was a guy who came in and said, oh, you should um, take the leaves out, which I didn't see leaves, but I saw like this black kind of fuzzy looking thing um, a little bit in the dirt and then a little bit it, it's pretty tall right now but like about two-thirds up um, there's some more of that black little fuzz someone told me like if you that's where you might want to like trim it or do you need to trim cactuses or well you can prune cactus if they're getting too large <coughs> what I'm concerned with is you're saying black yeah and yeah. black usually means it's developing a rot oh no yeah like it's getting too much water to, oh too much water so mm. now if it's now if it's brown then that could be uh some cactus just tend to the older growth will get that kind of uh brownish outer skin to them mm -hmm. uh, or it could be sunburn mm -hmm. but if it's black black that's usually an indication of getting too much water mm. and it's developing a rot. So you want to oh, be no. careful not to have that happen. Yeah, this one, it was fresh and pretty and green, but it's turning maybe like a little bit more um, of a yellow. And it does have some black fuzzies in the dirt. I, I don't know if it fell down and then there's the black fuzzies a little bit on the cactus. Yeah, for the most part, you don't really prune cactus this time of the year. Oh, really? Okay. Um, if you're going to prune it, because you want to, it's too large and you want to reduce it in size, you can do that. But if you're planning on cutting it and then replanting any of the shoots or the pads to make new plants, this would be the wrong time of the year. Mm, okay. So if you want to, again, if you're going to cut it and dispose of it, then that can be done now. But if you're going to prune it in hopes of uh, propagating some of the cuttings, and mm -hmm. you want to wait till springtime. Do you think maybe it will last till the springtime? Because and if it is fuzzies. getting signs of black, mm -hmm. then you want to reevaluate it and see how often you're watering it. Mm. Well, it and sits outside, so maybe just the rain recently has been. Well, is it being hand watered at all besides uh, the rain? I'm not sure. It's at my my other job, so I'll I'll definitely ask the owner. But because if it's being hand watered on top of what naturally falls out of the sky mm -hmm. then there's a possibility that it might be getting too much water yeah in which case you want to you know refrain from watering it mm -hmm. and what you can do is you can actually if the rot is progressing you can actually uh get a knife and cut that section out and then dilute some water and bleach and then bleach that cut oh bleach okay and that will oftentimes inhibit and stop the rot from developing and progressing just that little section or like a whole cut just a little portion well just cut out the part that is actually mm -hmm. black and rotting yeah and cool. cut that part out and that sometimes is. if you do that if that cuts into the plant too much you may compromise that pad or that part of the plant mm -hmm. 
in which case you could just cut that part off and then let it redevelop and regrow again in the springtime. Mm-hmm. But it'd be better to take the rot out or cut it out and spray it rather than let it progress because once it starts, yeah. it just keeps progressing mm-hmm. and then you'll end up losing the plant. Mm. Cool, thank you. So yeah. you bet. <laughs> Kleenex? I was trying to talk to Mariah and ask for a Kleenex without saying Kleenex on the radio. But uh, <laughs> so couldn't get out that way. So anyway, getting back to trees, <clears throat> um, there is a, a term called crown reduction. And what that refers to is a lot of times people will plant a tree and they don't anticipate or think about how big the tree is going to get or they move into a home and the tree is already there, and whoever planted the tree planted it. And this is very often a mistake where people will plant a tree, and they'll plant it for what it is when they when they buy it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And they don't think about how large the tree is going to become because every tree, or whether it be a tree or a shrub or anything, they always have a pre. They're all going to grow to a certain height and width. And, uh, I mean, there are variables that will allow it to do, achieve the most growth. And there are variables that will, if it's, you know, stressed or not being taken care of properly, it may not get as big. But potentially, if that tree is designed to get, say, 20 by 20 or 15 by 15, then you want to make that decision where to put the tree in the ground. Because if it's going to grow to that size, and again, as an example... I pick on mulberries because they're the most common tree up here. Mm. But oftentimes I'll see a mulberry planted, whether it be a young tree or already old, and it's like 10 feet in front of the house. But it's going to grow 20 by 20. And so then they're having to chop it off from rubbing on the roof. And uh, they're having to modify the tree a lot to make it fit. you know. Or being that close to the house, sometimes you can get the... Uh, the structure roots, the anchor roots can go into the slab of the home and crack the concrete because it's too close to the slab. And so either way, if you have a tree that is too large for the area and you have to bring it down, again, rather than just making a random cut and making a blunt cut on a branch, you want to bring the tree down, whether it be, you know, three feet, five feet, ten feet, but you want to Whenever possible, bring it down to a, a branch that will, you make the cut above a branch that's going to become the new leader of that branch. And so that way, when springtime rolls around, then even though you may have cut out five or 10 feet, you cut it back to a branch that's going to be the new leader of that branch, mm. if that, you understand that. And so that way you don't have all that growth coming out. And uh, they refer to it as water sprout growth. And, um, and then you have to basically reshape and reframe the whole tree all over again. And this way you can bring it down to a certain branch, let that branch become the new leader, and then you don't have to worry about all that additional cutting in the springtime. Now, if you can do that on several branches, but you get down to one branch, where there isn't a viable branch to cut back to, and you have no choice but to cut it off and nub it off, 
then you're still, that's okay because you're minimizing the amount of work you have to do in the spring and summertime mm -hmm. because that one branch or two branches that you had to nub off, then you can easily get in there and retrain it as it's growing throughout the year. You don't have to do it to every single branch on the tree that you cut back. And so nubbing definitely is not the way you want to go. And, um, and that's called crown reduction. And that's a term that uh, doesn't get a lot of airplay, but uh, that's a way of making the tree do what you want it to do without butchering it and having it still be a healthy, viable, well-shaped tree in the springtime. Hmm. So that's about basically tree pruning. Um, also, when you get into fruit trees, then depending upon the fruit tree will dictate the way you prune the tree. If you do stone fruits, which are your peach, plum, apricot, nectarine, yeah. uh, those, the flowering wood is all year-old wood. So what grew last year, you know, is going to grow and bloom the following year. So if you're pruning that tree, you don't want to cut back more than a third of last year's growth because if you cut back more than a third of last year's growth, you're going to be severely compromising the amount of fruit you're going to get that upcoming year because you're cutting back on the fruiting wood. Now, they will have some spurs that will develop for years and years deeper into the tree, but the majority of the flowering fruiting wood is going to be on year-old wood. Now, when you get into apples, pears, cherries, um, they have what they call spurs. And rather than putting out, like the stone fruits, they're going to have spurs on the older wood, and those spurs can develop and produce fruit for several years. Mm. And so you can prune a little bit heavier if need be on those fruit trees because they don't have uh, the year-old flowering wood like the stone fruits do. Hmm. So pruning fruit trees, as long as you know what tree you're pruning and you know whether they have spurs or year-old flowering wood, then you'll know how to prune them back. Cool, yeah. Huh. And, uh, and then again, you know, ideally, <clears throat> you want to, on any tree, whether it be an ornamental tree or a shade tree, you want to tend to open the tree up to allow light penetration. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So you allow the light to come in, and by also opening it up, you don't allow the tree to get too heavy and too bulky in the inside. So when the wind blows, then the wind, rather than being trapped in the head and adding a lot of pressure on the trunk and the tree leaning or snapping off, then you can allow the wind to blow through the tree. And so the tree is just a lot happier, happier yeah. if you mm -hmm. allow the the sunlight to come in and you allow the, the wind to basically blow through it and it's still going to fill in and cast a lot of shade but it's not going to be as thick and so it's kind of like you know being on the 91 freeway you know in the middle of the day versus 3 30 4 o'clock in the afternoon when you have a traffic jam mm. you know so you the traffic is moving a lot easier and then you get around, you know, 3.30 to 4 o'clock, then it gets really heavy. And that's kind of like the tree being really heavy with leaves and really dense and full versus being more open and airy. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so definitely, you know, having the tree more open would be healthier for the tree as well. Yeah, yeah. No one likes to be claustrophobic. Right, exactly. <laughs> Not even trees. So, And then with that, you know, this time of the year, oh, we're almost out of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about a minute left. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll wrap it up here real quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, bare root fruit trees and shade trees are becoming available this time of the year. And so now's a good time to plant them. The thing to keep in mind is when you buy a bare root, as I mentioned with the bare root roses, it's the same thing with the bare root fruit trees, is they're packaged in uh, sawdust. So they have a very minimal root system. And so it's very important that you don't have to give them a heavy watering when you water them, but do keep them evenly moist. So you're going to be watering them more often rather than less often and heavier because they don't have the root system yet. And if you don't give them uh, a frequent watering and they dry out, then you're going to lose that bare root. And so definitely if you buy a bare root, keep in mind that you're going to water it probably on the average about three times a week. Mm. And if we have, you know, any warm weather in the winter or any heavy wind, that's going to be equally as drying. So you want to go ahead and bump up the watering even more. And again, you don't have to give it heavy waterings, just give it frequent waterings. So that way it'll develop new roots. And then as a tree becomes more established, then of course you start watering longer, deeper, and less often. But on any bare root, whether it be a rose or a fruit tree or a shade tree or a grape, then definitely give them a more frequent watering so they don't dry out. Hmm. Otherwise, you'll be waiting for it to leaf out all spring long. Oh. And then by the time you get down to the you know mid to late May, you're finally going to accept the fact that it didn't make it and it died Ugh. because it's real easy to buy something new and then water it for a week or two. Then you get busy and don't get out there and water it before you know it, a week goes by and then you end up losing the tree. So definitely a frequent watering is good to go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Okay. You so bet. So much for everything. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. Sweet. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. We'll see you again next Have week. Have a great day. Me too. Thanks for listening to The Unique Garden Show, hosted by Mike Branning of Unique Garden Center. Join us again next week at the same time, 8.30 to 9 a.m. with your questions and calls, right here on Z1077. For more information, call Mike at 365-1511.